All right, a little different sequence there. We're going to start with our intro. Um, thanks for listening to another episode of Schoolhouse Rocks. I'm joined today by a couple of my colleagues to talk about some of the shifts we've made in ELA instruction, particularly at the elementary level, to focus on writing. Now, that has been a district-wide uh, emphasis and learning goal this year. Uh, but today, we're going to really focus on elementary writing. So before we start talking about some of the things we've done here in the district, as well as some ideas and strategies we can share with parents about how to really help uh, youngsters really embrace a love for writing at home and things you can ways you can support them about their efforts in school, let's uh, have everyone introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. It's Alyssa Bellardino, the Pre-K-6 Humanities Supervisor. Hi, it's Ashley Montano. I'm a first grade teacher at Nixon Elementary School. Hi, everybody. I'm Leah Steiner, and I am a literacy consultant for Jennifer Saravallo. So Leah is joining us uh, via phone today, which is exciting because it's helping me learn how to enhance my uh, the potential for guests on our show. So <laughs> Leah, we appreciate uh, you joining us, Leah. Thanks. So Leah's been in Thank the district you. for the last, I guess, this is our second year together. Um, and she's really been an amazing partner for us in implementing some of our strategies and goals as it pertains to language arts literacy instruction. So again, the focus today is writing. So um, I'm going to start with Alyssa because she has helped to establish and design those goals. Um, so talk to us a little bit about why the focus on writing. How did we know that that was important? Obviously, writing is important. But how did we know to make that a priority? How did we know it was time to make that shift? And what has the plan kind of looked like as you've partnered with Leah? Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things, biggest goal that we have as educators and for me, for the department goal is for students to view themselves as confident readers and writers. And so the shift started when we looked at, you know, what are we doing in the classroom to really build this confidence? And it started with, you know, look, looking for Leah, the Leah out there to kind of support this work and um, provide experiences for kids that they would enjoy, you know, reading and writing. And so when you think about what this looks like in the classroom, you think about the work that Leah has supported, it really comes down to differentiated experience for all students. What do they love to read? What do they love to write? And how do we help them get there and provide the skills for them to be most successful and enjoy doing so? Um, so Leah had supported our work in reading last year. And part of that work included building, um, you know, the teacher capacity for them to feel really confident themselves as readers and writers. Um, so starting with the teachers, I think, had a huge influence on the work that we do. So thinking about, all right, you know, when you do your mini lesson and that lesson goes to the whole group, after that time, we want our students to spend majority of time reading and writing. Now, what does that look like? Well, the teacher will work individually with students or in small groups. How do we make that purposeful and targeted? And that's where Leah's work had come in, which is what do kids actually need? What skills do they need to become confident readers and to comprehend what they're reading, right? So it's one thing to be able to decode for accuracy and become a fluent reader. It's another thing to actually comprehend what you're reading. Um, and so Leah's work really focused on all of those components, starting in kindergarten all the way up to fourth grade, where you're really digging deeper into text complexity. So after looking at that and really seeing the skills that our students need and developing reading goals, it really, you know, 
cross-reference right over to writing beautifully in that way. Um, we saw that kids enjoyed reading. They were taking ownership over goals. They were able to dig into the skills that we had you know, anticipated that they learn. And now it was how do we transfer it? So they should see themselves as readers and as authors of their own stories. All right, so um, Gudley, I was gonna I was gonna ask you to jump <laughs> yeah. in. So you've you've helped implement that plan, and then we're gonna transition to Ashley and have her share with us what that looks like in the classroom. But before we talk, hear about her classroom, tell us more about. So now this plan has been developed. Tell us about how you've been able to support that that work here. Yeah, absolutely, Alyssa. You explained it so beautifully. Um, so a lot of the work that we'll be doing is really thinking about. What does the individual writer need, right? Every student needs something different. They bring their own language practices, their own unique skills and abilities. So it's about honoring where they are and then establishing a clear plan for what kinds of strategies or skills or writing techniques will, will benefit them most. Um, and then for efficiency, right, when, how can we group them together to um, really support and coach into their individual needs? Um, so that's really where we started our work this year. We've been looking at how do we study writing? Um, how do we look at each writer and decide where's a good place to start? And a lot of that comes from the work of Jennifer Saravallo. And we look at the writing hierarchy, similar to the work that we did in reading. Um, everything that we did last year just translates so beautifully into the work that we do this year. A lot of the structures that we're talking about, a lot of the skill progressions that we did, worked with, um, really just... Um, just fall into place really naturally for teachers. All right. So Ashley, being a part of that, so one of the things that is unique, and if you've listened to our uh, the one previous episode where we had Leah on, you heard us talk about the lab setting. So when Leah works with our teachers, she and Alyssa have worked to design a kind of a hands-on, in-the-moment approach. It's not, a, it's not a system where teachers are removed from their classroom and students go without a teacher or we have a special day. Leah works directly with teachers in classroom in what she calls, I don't know if this is your phrase or if this is just more of a common, no, no. <laughs> common nomenclature, mm -hmm. but in that lab setting. So in the moment with students while teachers watch. So Ashley, being one of the teachers that's working um, with Leah and Alyssa as, on this, tell us what that looks like, particularly given you're a first grade teacher and students are still mastering letters, let alone writing stories. So talk to us about what that looks like in your classroom and what your experience has been like as a part of this process. I think one of the biggest takeaways from Leah's lab sites has been those conversations with students. So Alyssa said at the beginning of the podcast, making sure that the learning is more purposeful for students. Now that I've been in first grade for a few years, even before implementing Jen Saravallo's work and working with Leah, we used to spend more time analyzing assessments, like pre-assessment data and making notes like this is where the student is doing really well with. This is something they can work on. And then when you have those conversations with students, though, days later, you're saying, hey, do you notice where you didn't add punctuation at the end of your sentence? Remember to do that next time. You would get those blank stares from students, <laughs> reasonably so. It's not meaningful to them to go back to something that you were just looking at by yourself a few days before. But now the biggest takeaway from Leah is just those conversations with students in the moment. So having their pieces right in front of them, asking them questions. Can you tell me about your writing? Let's look at what you're doing well with, and then I'll be able to help you with a goal of something maybe can be our next step. So not really focusing on student struggles, but like complimenting them. This is what I'm noticing you're doing. Let's take it a step further. And when you're checking in with students in the moment, 
giving them prompt feedback, you're noticing that students are able to take in that information better. It makes sense to them and they're able to apply those skills better. We also have been working on goal bookmarks. So through Jen's work and Leah has modeled that for us where students are given their individual goal bookmarks. So we write their goals. So it might be composing with pictures, especially in first grade, could be using sentence starters, um, spelling, punctuation. There's a whole hierarchy that we go to and students are left with a visual reminder of whatever their strategy is. So say students are struggling to be engaged with writing, one lesson that I've taught before is stamina mantras. So telling yourself, keep going, keep the pencil in your hand. And they have those visuals on a sticky note to go back to. So that when they're working by themselves, they're able to go back to it and they have that reminder even when they're not with you. So I just want to pick out something that you said there. And while it may seem somewhat tangential to the focus today, your emphasis on giving students feedback in the moment, talking to them about their work mm -hmm. in the present, um, it, this common theme of timely, specific feedback that is goal-oriented and actionable, uh, we know, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, is not only a really great strategy for educators, it's really just a great life strategy. When we want to share information with others, making it relevant in that moment is really important. And I do like the fact that you're using that to work collaboratively with the students to set goals. You talk about setting goals and giving them visual reminders allowing students the opportunity to be a part of that process really does help us, them to establish ownership and build their confidence, right? So um, too frequently, there's this lapse in communication when students submit work, uh, and we forget about it. It seems it sends the message that it may not be that important. So when you take the time mm -hmm. in that right away to engage a student in a dialogue about their work, support them in feeling proud about what they've done while setting goals for growth, like these are really um, transcendent life goals, right? This is how what the rest of um, professional life is going to be like starting early, right? You get feedback, you set goals, you get better, and that's just kind of living a healthy life. And so having the confidence to be able to grow I think this is one of this is a lesson while it's specific and to this conversation and to the writing work you're doing. Those are the goals. Those are the lessons that students are really going to take with them beyond the classroom. So let's talk about that. You know, those visual reminders. Good, Leah. Yeah, no, I, I think this is so interesting. And I, I love what, um, what Ashley was saying about putting those visual reminders for students, because a lot or I think I love the example that you said about putting punctuation at the end. Right, how many times, even as like a parent, right? You're like, remember to put a period, put a capital letter, or later, right? You're thinking, remember to have a strong claim or to put some evidence or write more. But simply saying that isn't enough, right? Kids need, or we all need, ex clear, explicit strategies. We need that, like, how do I do it? How do I add more? Like, I think of myself as a writer and I think in school, I always had the feedback of add more add more, you need more to your writing. And I'm like, <laughs> I put it hit my head against the wall. I'm like, I don't know how to add more, right? I need to be able to have clear models. Um, I want someone to model in front of me the process of adding more. And I need a variety of different ways to do that too. So, and we all need that. Um, you know, strategies are a research-based um, teaching process. Uh, and it's really important that we're students are receiving them throughout the, all stages of the writing process at every grade level. So those visual reminders, I think, are really helpful because once you've done the work of teaching the strategy of modeling it for kids to practice and giving feedback in the moment, it still often doesn't stick. 
So there's that read and that reminder for students to keep practicing that and applying those strategies until eventually you don't need it, right? You have to keep lift the scaffold and no longer be able to, you're doing it automatically. If you think of yourself as an adult writer, right? You're not thinking about when to add in punctuation or how to elaborate. It's just a natural process for us. Um, but if you really slow down and think about it, right, you can really break down your own process. So again, the these strategies are just these temporary scaffolds needed to help support the skills of writing but eventually you know over time and with practice and with ongoing feedback can be removed and then hopefully that's becomes an int intrinsic skill or proficiency i should say one of the biggest things that you had said that stuck with me that i thought of immediately was you kept saying process right and one of the things that is challenging i think as educators is we we think of that end product, right? We think of that beautifully written piece that's published that has, you know, gorgeous pictures and neat handwriting on it, you know, a colorful sheet of paper. And I think that's one of the hardest transitions that we've done, Leah, together is really take it step by step and tell teachers and tell students that the process is more important over the product. And the reason for that is because that's where you see the most growth, right? It's not about that end goal. It's about how you got there and what steps you took to become an even stronger writer. And so we, you know, yeah. and I think that's important for parents too. like if your child brings a piece of writing home, right, thinking about the, the what kinds of compliments do you give your child, right? Mm -hmm. Do you give them the end result compliment? Oh, this was a great job. You worked hard. Like even you worked hard on this. It's just effort, right? Which is important. But can we even be more precise in the feedback that we give our, our, our students and our and our children at home, right? Like, I noticed that you really, um, if I'm thinking about a first grader here, right? Like, I noticed that you used your pictures to tell across all of those pages, right? I could tell that you could really, that story came to life and all of the colors that you chose, right? Those are the types of meaningful feedback or types of praise that we could think about giving our, our children. Well, and so even as, you know, we've started this pattern recently of ending our podcast, which we're not quite ready to do yet, about uh, ways, to, tips that we can give parents. But I really think you, you bring up one there that I want to emphasize, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, so a child comes home with a piece of work. Um, we have conditioned members of a learning community to look for the grade. Well, what'd you get? And <laughs> while, you know, I think anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a huge fan of that uh, sort of dialogue. I think it's a great opportunity to say, you know, to have a conversation with child to celebrate their work, uh, their effort they put into it, um, and to use language like you just said. And I know sometimes parents who aren't educators, much like I would struggle with, you know, professions I'm not skilled in, um, don't know how to use what language to use there. And so they say, great job, buddy. High five. Right. Like, mm -hmm. or, you know, you did awesome, awesome stuff here. I'm really proud of you. But without that specificity. And so a couple sentence starters, even Ashley mentioned this before of using this with students when we want to encourage the writing process, you can encourage the feedback process. I noticed that now you fill in the blank mm -hmm. parent, right? I like that you fill in the blank. Um, I like one way you could add to this is, have you ever thought of that? You know, things like that. Like these are the the kind of commentary that that show your child that you really invested in their work, that you carefully reviewed it and that it is OK to continue to grow and to continue to get better. But that you're really recognizing the effort in the things they put in it, because that will help them remodel that same behavior next time, you know, in the same way mm -hmm. you would help them with a chore or something, you demonstrate it first, you teach them, you give them feedback, you show them, you don't just say, take out the garbage, right? Kid doesn't know how to do that. 
Um, so those are some of the skills that parents can use that mirrors the classroom experience. Or you even have teachers, like Ashley said, she students have these visual reminders, those you know visual bookmarks. It's okay to say, "Hey, show me what you show me what you're working on in class," and take time to look at that together. I, it also makes me think of um, something we're doing in the classroom, Doctor Sype, that we are kind of taking something that Jennifer Saravallo did for the upper grades, where there's student-led strategies, where at the first grade level, we're not quite ready for that yet, but we have established writing helpers or experts throughout the room. So students can go around when I'm conferring with other students, because sometimes they still need help or feel like they want to check in with a friend. So we have helpers that have volunteered to be a source of help if students need help tapping out words, using sentence starters, tips for adding details. Something at home is you could simply write a sentence and maybe ask your child to say, come on over here. I need you to be a writing helper. Can you help me? What can I fix? What can I add on? So just kind of having those conversations and see what your child points out. It might um, make them feel really empowered to apply what they're learning in class. So even if you're not exactly sure right away or don't have a piece of writing of their work, even just simply writing out a sentence or finding text in your house, um, viewing them as that writing helper, you'll be able to see what they're learning in class and apply that. You just mentioned a really awesome point that I love, which is the idea of a mentor text, right? So really connecting, whether it's, you know, you as a writer, as a parent, showing them something or even looking at a piece of literature, right? So the idea of you have books at home or you're going to the library and you have these books in your house, you could say, what did this author do here? Or what did you notice that this author did that you want to try when you're writing at school or you're writing at home? And that's reinforcing so much of the language that we're using with students in class. Yep. So I I think as a parent, you know, that is a a good point too. Like you have tons of books. There's so many awesome things that authors are doing that you could point out and leave it open-ended, almost like an inquiry-based question of, hmm, like, I wonder what they did here. Can you do that as an author? And you don't even always have to have the answer. Like Mm -hmm. you're saying, you kind of pull out what your child is able to notice detail-wise from that. Absolutely. And so I I think it's... Got, hold on, one, let, me, let me just say this Sorry. piece, Leah. No, that's okay. You go ahead. I, one of the things, so if I were a parent listening to that, I just that sounds great, but it's somewhat unnatural for me as a parent, at, if I'm not an educator, to engage in that conversation. And so a way you can translate that is if, you know, if you're reading to your children at bedtime or something like that, it's okay to not read right at bedtime, to read a little earlier and say, I'm going to write a sentence about what I think happened next. You write a sentence about what you think happens next, and then we'll finish... We'll, we'll share with one another, mm-hmm. you know, to connect that love of reading with the be, the writing process. So there are ways, or if you as a parent are writing a text message, which is a natural current form of writing, it is okay, to a family member, to the uh, maybe to the child's grandparent or aunt or uncle, have them read it, or you read it to them. Like, I really want to close and tell them how thankful I am for this, this gift. What could I say? Right? Allow them to be a part mm-hmm. of natural writing, which does exist in all of our world. So I just... As I'm hearing you guys talk about it, I just want to kind of translate that a little bit too, is if that dialogue feels unnatural as a parent, that is okay, right? That's okay. But there are ways mm-hmm. to engage and celebrate that love of writing at home in a more natural environment. Go ahead, Leah. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, no, no. I was actually going to echo kind of what you're saying here. It makes me think about like three different things as a parent. I have a kindergartner at home, so I'm constantly thinking about this too. There's a few different things I think about, you know, supporting our writers that may be more reluctant or just making writing more of just a, an ongoing experience at home. I think, you know, we read aloud to our children at home and this is a common, you know, we're constantly reading, we're reading signs. Um, we're, you know, we're thinking about um, 
yes, reading around, reading at bedtime. Uh, but writing can also be a shared experience too. Like similar to what you were saying, it's just yeah, we have to write a letter for um, you know it's Grandpa's birthday. We need to write him a, a thank you card. What are the types of things that we should write on a thank you card? All right, maybe maybe your child isn't yet writing. And that's okay, or couldn't necessarily write out everything in that thank you card, but just that the rehearsal and the conversation around what do, what could we write on that thank you card or that birthday card, um, I think is important. Or even it's like coming up, generating a shopping list, right? These are things that we can include our children in. Um, it also makes me think about when you are reading aloud, and this is kind of what Ashley was saying too, is that that curiosity that comes with reading Right, and you could think about it, as Alyssa said, it was an inquiry, and I love that, because it could just be simply like, oh, look at that language, right? Ooh, that's such an interesting way that the author wrote that, right? Even if they're not necessarily pulling it out, uh, their writer's notebook and going ahead and applying it, it's just creating that general curiosity around language, around word choice, um, that will you know, eventually translate into their own writing. So I thought about those couple of things there. Um, and then I also, so I was also thinking about storytelling too. I was thinking about, right, if we're moving beyond just the pencil, but just the nature of storytelling and how natural that comes for so, so many families. Um, you know, I just even think about my own home and, um, how stories were such a rich part of our evening rituals, um, of just the, even my, the time and the quality time I spent and the connection I had with my grandparents, um, and how that just really translates into their writing. So if you're thinking about your reluctant writers at home or just really any writers, any of your students and fostering their love of writing, it can be, that doesn't have to be a pencil and paper or hands on their Chromebook. It can be um, this, act of, this act of storytelling. Well, and so I appreciate you sharing some of that stuff. And now, Alyssa, you mentioned one of the things that you're going to you, you want to add is a showcase for student and um, teacher writing. So tell us a little bit about that, because before you mentioned the importance of seeing all different types of writers. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about what, what you're looking to do there. So one of the goals that I have is, um, as I mentioned, for students and teachers to see themselves as writers. And so I had this idea, it probably came in a conversation with you, Dr. Seip, and um, Eric Schmidt at the upper level, which is how do we encourage um, students, teachers, community members to share their work? And how do we, you know, let them share it across buildings, across town? And um, what does that look like? So um, on the district website, if you go, you know, under roxbury.org, under academics, curriculum, instruction team, if you click my name, the pre-K to six humanities supervisor, you will find a place where you it will lead you to, um, you know, a department website that talks a little bit about our goals that I had mentioned earlier about what we're doing in our ELA classrooms, but also something called Rockstar Writers. And this section I am super proud of to kickstart, which is a place where students and staff could submit their work. They could submit a writing piece. They can submit something that looks messy. It doesn't need to be that published piece. It could be like, hey, look what I did in my writing. Um, I want to show you what I, I added here. Um, so I encourage everyone to, you know, talk to their child like, hey, is this something that you're really proud of that you want to show off? You know, your story is valuable. Your story is important. Um, and so I encourage you to take a look at it. There is a student and a staff spotlight. So once pieces start rolling in, I'll add them up there. But there is a Google form to submit any type of work, a picture or whatever it may be. 
Right, that's awesome. And I think it's a great way for us to celebrate some of the really hard work that our students and staff are doing uh, and all members of our learning community. And, you know, just to kind of wrap up, you know, we've shared some of uh, the things we're doing here. We've shared that this is an important goal for us. So if you're a parent listening at home, um, take that moment to try and encourage your child uh, to write. And I, I kind of put air quotes around write because as Ashley shared with us, if you have a younger student, maybe they're not ready to quite write the same way an adult would write, but maybe it's drawing a picture. Maybe it's telling a story through those pictures. Maybe it's using a word or two to describe that picture. Um, maybe it's adding a word or two to a letter to grandpa or writing out thank you notes um, after receiving gifts, things like that, right? Um, you know, maybe it's writing the next sentence of a story. Maybe it's writing a line of a song. You know, there are little things that are fun and engaging. We've talked a lot about choice reading, but choice writing is also important. I think it's a little bit harder to do choice writing because if you tell a child, go write about anything you want, I don't know what I want to write about. <laughs> so sometimes you have to harvest that and, you know, harvest their ideas and the things they're really interested in. And actually, you even mentioned something earlier um, about a tool parents could use to do that. Yeah, so in class to start the year, we engaged in activity about writing territory. So we actually learned this from Leah at the summer training. And writing territories are kind of a transition from something we used to do called a heart map. So um, a heart map used to be just a picture of a heart that was broken up into different categories. And pretty much you could fill each category of the heart with things that make up your heart. Something we noticed, though, with students during the heart map is if sometimes they ran out of space and they felt like they were confined to that heart. Or some students might think, I only had two ideas and so much of this heart is left. I didn't do enough. And we definitely want to differentiate and honor um but the amount that each student wants to put in, not make them feel like they don't have enough space or too much space. So something we did at the beginning of the year was I printed out every child's first letter of their name in like a bubble letter. So they were able to fill that letter or the space around it on a piece of paper with things that make up themselves. So people that they love, places that they've been, things that they've done. And they use that throughout the year. It's taped to their writing folder. And anytime they need an idea, whether it's choice writing, whether it's for any of our writing units, we go back to it and we have conversations. So this is something you could do at home where you could either write something like that out. You could draw um, you know, a space for them or really you could just give them a blank piece of paper, any paper, and they could just fill the page with however many ideas they want. And that could be that bank for their choice writing of anything that they love, any people that they love. Very cool. And Leah, it sounds like your dog is ready to write a story as well. <laughs> was getting all amped up. I heard him in the background there. So we appreciate. Now, listen, a lot of really great ideas here. <clears throat> we're super. See, see what I mean? He's ready to go. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to walk far away from him. No, um. it's all good. We, we welcome all ideas. <laughs> um, <but> we, <clears throat> we really love the work you're doing with our teachers and we can't thank you enough. You and Jen have been great supporters of ours and the work we're doing with our kids and Hopefully this is, um, you know, gets people started with some ideas about how they can really help uh, writers build their confidence and feel really great about the work they're doing. And, you know, I think we're moving in a great direction. So we, we are really appreciative of everything you are currently doing and hopefully will continue to do to support us. And we appreciate you taking time out of your, your personal life to join us. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So try this re these, uh, these ideas um, to help your child become a more confident writer. Know that we are echoing these efforts in school. And um, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.